Welcome to the Third Growth Option Podcast, where we talk with business leaders and innovators hungry to drive growth that can be faster than internal organic growth and less risky than acquisition. Your moderator is Bernal Dunkerspuler, Chief Sherpa and CEO at Realign, who has led private equity-owned distributors through turnarounds and growth. With battle-proven leaders from all frontiers, we want to provoke thinking about business growth beyond conventional wisdom and binary choices. Hey, I'm Benno, your moderator, and today talking about another growth subject. Uh, growth by definition means change, and if you're actively growing, you have to embrace learning and the discomfort and the learning curve that comes with that. And today we're going to talk some real-life examples with Lynn Provenzano. Lynn, say hi to our listeners. Hello, everyone. Lynn, you and I have known each other for a long time. So just truth in advertising, right? We have known each other since the early 1990s when we worked together in corporate retail at IKEA. It's been a long time. Yes, it has. But who's counting any longer, you know? That, that's right. We better <laughs> stop counting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I want to talk to you about, you know, your approach to embracing the learning curve. You know, you became a college educator a dozen years ago after earning a university degree in your late 40s, early 50s. You became a nonprofit board director after seven years in the business world and management, working for big global retailers. So you really thrive. I mean, that's one thing that impresses me about you, that you thrive in different worlds and you just know a lot about embracing that learning curve. So you worked in, like I said, four distinctly different worlds, right? First in retail, managing people in a big store, then in corporate, managing the four P's of mar corporate marketing, product, price, place, promotion, then nonprofit board director of the, and then I'm going to get this wrong, the El Paso Society of Musicians of the Future. Did I get that right? Pretty close, El Paso Society for Musicians of the Future. We're known as EPSMF. There you go. So uh, you're at those nonprofit board work, and now you're teaching and managing, or you have been teaching and are managing people and processes in, in academia. So each of those changes had an element of you know reacting just the best you can, and but. You did more than that. You you always really leaned in and, and you always learned and you excelled. You know, how did you feel as you jumped in at first from, from the retail world, working in stores, managing stores to corporate? What what did it feel like to jump from one world into the other there? That's a very interesting question, Benno. I guess when you look at the big picture, we all have skill sets and every day we have a lot of things that, that cross our paths that give us life experiences, learning experiences. So the key is to take everything that you have accumulated in your sort of personal wealth of experience and utilize it to the best of your ability. So moving from the front line of retail into corporate actually gave me a lot of insights into what people want. You can't run a business if you don't know who your customer is. And if you don't know who your customer is and what they want to buy, you won't succeed. So you look forward in terms of what you've accumulated so that you can accumulate even more to service whomever your, your clients happen to be. And then 
jumping from corporate in, into nonprofit again, people you know, uh, just like store people think differently from corporate people work that work in you know ivory not ivory towers, but in in, in a corporate office environment. So people in the nonprofit world think differently. How did you approach jumping from the corporate world into the nonprofit world? Well, again, accumulating all of those life experiences, one of the things that we tend to misunderstand over the years is that a nonprofit doesn't mean that you're not a business. So even though our passion was there for servicing the community, the reality is, is that you still have to have an understanding of how a business runs in order to make a nonprofit successful. You have expenses, you have revenue, you have uh, to have a means for getting that revenue. So we took a look at business and said, okay, how does that apply? And then how can we take our passion and our mission and service the community knowing that we needed to be stable and successful in that way. So it was, again, taking all of that accumulated life experience, whether it was in the corporate world or the retail world, knowing who our customer was, who we wanted to service, but also how to make the organization stable in the business world. Nonprofit doesn't necessarily mean that you're giving a profit. Nonprofit just means you have to be stable and you have to have a cash flow that will support your organization. Let's talk about behaviors and personality traits that sort of help you adapt from one into the next in each of these four different distinct environments. So you and I both worked on both sides of, you know, the buying side and the selling side of the desk. Uh, you've pitched in on Sherpa projects over the years that needed your skill and attitude and people skills. That might be one of the behavior personality traits that has made you particularly adept at adapting to, to these different worlds. What behaviors or personality traits or DNA do you think equipped you to grow and do well in wildly different environments? I think the biggest thing is flexibility. We have a tendency to be stuck in our own worlds. And in that particular way of thinking, we put on our blinders and we're very comfortable in where we are. But if we really want to be successful in any of our endeavors, then we have to take the blinders off and look around, understand what we have to offer, and then understand what others need. And I think that's what has helped me through all of the years is being able to tap into the needs of all of the those around me, whether it was a customer, a client, or you know, in in our nonprofit world, who the young musicians were that we were reaching out to. What were their needs? And if you can identify what those are and get out of your own your own world, all those things that you you think you know you can be successful. As a matter of fact, I just heard a quote the other day that we are learners or knowers. And if you're a knower, then you're just stuck in that world of what you know. But if you're a learner, you can take what you know and, and then expand upon it. And I think that's what I've been doing all of these years. I've just been a learner. And with, with that in my back pocket, I can always see or think I can always see 
what the customer needs, what you know, what the clients need, what the community needs. I love that quote. You said we're we're either learners or knowers. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a very succinct way, I think, of you know stating the importance of being you know in the business world. You would call it customer centric and interpersonal relationships. It's maybe just being focused on on the other than in, instead of on ourselves being not egocentric but other centric. I don't know that that's not a word. I just made that up. So that's interesting. You think you're acceptance of yourself as a lifelong learner has enabled you to jump from one world to another and be successful in each subsequent world that you have operated in. That's true. That is a good way to put it, yes. So what would you do differently today compared to in your 30s or 40s as you jump from one world to the other, knowing what you know today? what would you have done differently 10, 20 years ago? Oh, that's a really good question. I'm not sure I would have done anything differently because every time you have an experience, it's an experience. And every choice that you make at any given point in time is a correct choice based on whatever data you have accumulated, whatever factors you've, you know, you've used to make your decision. We can have regrets for everything that we've done. And at the same time, we can understand that if something did not succeed, we learned from it. And if we did succeed, we learned from that as well. So I'm not sure I would have done anything differently. I mean, I can look back at some of the behaviors and some of the discussions and arguments I might have had. Maybe some of those I would have done a little differently. But then again, I wouldn't be able to say that if I hadn't had that experience. I don't have a good comeback for that, and I think you're right. Um, <laughs> any downside to embracing the learning curve. So I, I, to me, you know, I, I would argue for myself that, you know, being an immigrant, having come to the States as a 16-year-old and, you know, having gone from the buying side of the desk and, the, and retail to selling side of the desk, uh, working for wholesalers and uh, now being a business owner and Sherpa and now podcasting, I, I would say that in, in a way I have maybe been too adaptive at times. So I've, I've become more intentional in, in recent years about certain non-negotiables, right? Like, you know, personal values, values in my company about be real, be gritty, and grow, which is another way of saying learn. And, you know, when people ask me to do things that I think are kind of fake or too produced, uh, you know, I, I, I in the past, I probably would have said, "Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll figure that out. I'll, I'll do that." And, and now I don't. I, I, so I've, I've become more intentional about when to embrace the learning curve and when not to. I mean, is, would you say the way you're embracing the learning curve has changed with age? I would say yes, it has. But that only comes from again the experience and the wisdom that comes from the experience. But the other thing to take into consideration is that it's a curve. And there are different stages of the curve. And at some point, the curve is a little flatter, and at some point, it's a little sharper. So it's about wearing where you know you are on the curve. And right now, with the changes that we've had with the pandemic, it's hard to know where we are on the curve because we're just not quite sure where we're going to land. So at this point, it's about finding balance and how we handle 
our experience on this curve. Some days are a little more hectic than others. Sometimes the technology is coming faster at us than we can handle it. I know that within my um, the demographic that I'm working with right now, which is the 50-plus age population, you know, we have people who don't have computers. We have people who can still embrace the technology. We have others who can't figure out how to turn their mute on or off. And so it's like I have to look at everybody else's learning curve as well. So where are we on this curve? We're just not sure. And that's where we have to find balance because otherwise it will make us just crazy. And there are those moments too. When you say the learning curve can be sharper or less sharp, you, you, you mean change can be bigger or smaller. There's little change and there's big change. What do you think were the biggest change events in your life that you had to adapt to, that you crashed into? You know, every time you start a new project, you've got a curve that just literally, you know, takes you for a ride. So I would say the first six to 12 months of any job that I ever had were the toughest parts, getting in there and learning the way someone else does something. Every company has its own language. Every company has its own software system. And that for me, every, every, new year that I, I started something was the toughest, was the toughest for me, because that was the sharpest part of the learning curve, figuring out how someone else wants you to do something, and then stepping in so that you can be effective with what you can contribute. It is about, you just used the word stepping in, and, and I also like the, the, the image of the, the phrase leaning in. And, and I, th I think you know, for the 25 or 30 years that I have known you, you have leaned in to every new challenge. And that takes, you know, that takes a commitment. That takes, you know, what I call a damn the torpedoes attitude. That takes making it about something bigger than yourself. You know, that could be the organization, the company, the customers. But I think you have been able to embrace the learning curve, even the verb embracing is the same as, as leaning in, right? You're literally hugging it and saying, yep, I'm going to own it and I'm going to learn it and I'm going to get knocked around a little bit and, and that's okay. And it is okay because that's how we learn. And if you want to move forward, you have to move forward. You just have to take what you have instead of just you know, sort of taking everything that's in your bag and sitting on the bag, you know, this is my bag of tricks. This is what I can do, right? <laughs> you can't you just, have it. <laughs> you can't have it, right? And you sit on that bag and then what? You have to open the bag. You have to use what you've, you know, what you've accumulated all this time and put it forward. Just keep looking forward. Dwelling on the past isn't going to, to help you, but using what you've learned will. And, you know, the fact that you are a people person. I mean, I have watched you work with longtime colleagues, uh, first time somebody you'd met five minutes ago or somebody you've worked with for five or 10 years. And people always describe you as a people person. Oh yeah, Lynn, you know, it's so easy to talk to her. And I think that has enabled you to gain 
trust and has enabled you to gain support from other people, you know, as you were making yourself vulnerable by learning and embracing and leaning into the unknown, I think you've also found a way to get a lot of support from those around you. Well, that just goes to being a listener. And again, listening to what people want, as opposed to telling them what they want. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You mean like Captain Kirk? (laughs) Like Captain Kirk, okay. (laughs) I mean, there have been times, you know, if you have a staff of people working with you, you know, you might want to tell them what you want. But when it comes to the business side of things, you really have to know what your customers want or what your clients want. You have to listen. You have to listen and listen carefully. And then make an assessment and then ask it back to active listening. You know, we were all taught with, you know, in good salesmanship, you have to actively listen. And there's truth to that, a lot of truth to that. So being a listener is part of the process. Listen to understand, don't listen to wait to answer, right? Mm hmm. Okay. Uh, That I think is a huge part, actually, of embracing the learning curve is, is listening, is making it about somebody other than yourself or something other than our own thing and listening and leaning in. Lynn, if folks wanted to reach out to you and just talk to you one-on-one you know, as they're grappling with the concept of embracing the learning curve, how could they reach you? They should contact me through my email, which is contact at lynnprovenzano.com. And then we can arrange to speak on the phone or to have a Zoom conversation. But that would be the easiest way to connect with me. Excellent. And uh, the spelling of Lynn Provenzano will be on the podcast description as well. So it's just contact at at Lynn Provenzano. Lynn, any parting words of wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, these are the most interesting of times, aren't they? And the reality is that we don't know where we're going to land, how long the pandemic is going to last. Um, You can hear my dogs in the background because I am working remotely from home. The dog (laughs) agrees. I'm working remotely from home, which in and of itself as much as the commute from the bedroom to the dining room table and my new office there is convenient. It's new boundaries that we have to create for ourselves. And, you know, this started last March and now it's, uh, we're looking at January and it's been, it's been craziness, but at the same time, it is new. It is learning. It is something that we'll look back on and say, wow, we did a lot and there were a lot of silver linings in this period. Uh, and by the way, the the beeps that you hear are emails that keep coming into my laptop for people who are requesting catalogs or requesting insights and guidance. So it's constant. What we're going through right now is constant and we have to remember to take a breath, remember what we're learning and just keep looking forward. This particular era for us will change and it will stop and we'll find what we might consider a new normal. But I think we're in for constant change as we move forward in our lives and we just need to be flexible. We need to listen and we need to find balance. I have nothing to add to that. Sounds like your computer agrees with me. Uh, You just turned something off there. (laughs) (laughs) Lynn, thank you so much for taking the time to think through with me 
a, a podcast episode, and I, I love the fact that we chose to take some time and talk through this concept of learning and learning curve and listening, listening and learning and being flexible and being centered on something other than ourselves to do a better job of adapting to the world that is rapidly changing. So I think uh, we'll leave it at that for today. Thank you, Benno. Here's to the next however many years, but who's counting? That's right. That's right. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lynn. And uh, if folks wanted to explore other growth topics, you can find me on our website, realignforresults.com, or you can just email Benno, B-E-N-N-O, at realignforresults.com. Thanks so much for listening. Keep growing. You can listen to more episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Google. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review it. Share it with your friends or colleagues if you enjoyed the content. Always growing.